Welcome to China Tech Talk, a weekly podcast about what's happening on the ground in China's tech and startup ecosystem. I'm John Artman, editor in chief of TechNote, and I'm Matthew Brennan. I'm founder、uh, at ChinaChannel.co. This week, we're talking a little bit about、um, about bike sharing. So it's it's this is one of those trends that、um, that has been been the talk of the town for for quite some time here in China. And it's only just recently、mm. that uh, larger uh, media organizations are are picking up on it and, and and talking more about it. So we thought that you know for our our first episode that this might be、um, a good chance to start talking a little bit about、uh, bike sharing.、Mm. Uh, and so for 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 th- for this episode, we're going to be mostly focusing on some of the、uh, the basics, some basic questions、mm. about about bike sharing or or bike rental, as I like to call it. Um, and then later on, in, in later episodes, we're going to be focusing. We're going to be focusing on other aspects,、um, drilling down a little bit into some of the nuts and bolts of of bike sharing. But for this first episode,、uh, in terms of、uh, in terms of length and in terms of quality, want to keep it as focused as possible. So we're going to be looking at、um, some few、uh, basic questions. So,、right. um, so Matthew, let's just start at the beginning. You know what what is what is bike sharing? Yeah, yeah, exactly.、Um, what is bike sharing? You know, for people who lived in China, they're gonna be like, "Duh, yeah." I mean, like this thing's in my face every day, right? So, of course, everyone here knows、yep. knows what it is. And if if anyone's listening from outside China and you're in a major urban area,、um, you know, if you're in the UK, if you're in in the States, then、uh, maybe you, you know you've got something that's gonna hopefully、um, it might be hitting you soon, and that's gonna be bike sharing, and it's coming from here in China. So bike sharing, you know, it's been around for a long time.、Um, it's nothing new, this concept.、Uh, um, but it's, I guess, the traditional form of bike sharing with docking stations、um, is something you know, usually government-sponsored, local government programs, and、uh, that's been around for a while.、Uh, Hangzhou in China has a particularly good program for that stuff.、Um, I think we both experienced that, haven't we, John? The the one in yeah, Hangzhou. Yeah. Yeah. And、um, but what we're talking about here is a more sort of、um, startup tech orientated version, which、uh, cropped、exactly. up,、um, started out、um, a, a little while back, a year or two back in China, where now we're using from a user perspective.、Uh, the difference like is that it's based around an app, or、um, in China a mini program. And、um, the experience here is、uh, different because there、uh, are two things. One is the app. You're you're paying for an app on your phone, and、um, you can leave the bike anywhere you want. So there's no stations to dock them as such. You know, and that's the thing. So, in 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 bike、uh, sharing programs,、uh, government-sponsored bike sharing programs across the world,、uh, one of the main features was that it, it was docked.、Um, and and it's very true in、um, in Hangzhou. I know that Melbourne in Australia they have a similar program as well.、Uh, New York City they they've tried it out too.、Um, and as you say, the 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 one of the biggest differentiators is、um, that there is no dock for.、Mm. Uh, for these for these new、um, for these new bike sharing,、um, and and it's and it's interesting because yes, of course, I mean it is dockless, and so that you know you can、um, conceivably park them anywhere that you want. But it's it's funny because in in China this is actually becoming more and more、uh, of a of a 
uh, a city management issue mm. where governments are beginning to step in and mandate that people actually park in certain areas. Mm. Uh, and we you know we can we can talk a little bit about that uh, later or or perhaps in a different episode. Mm. But uh, I do want to just do want to point out that on the one hand, yes, they are dockless uh, for the time being. Right now, they, more and more, we are seeing that actually there are designated um, parking areas for um, for these for these bikes. But also, one of the things that that I, I want to talk about as well is, and I mentioned this in the beginning, um, most people refer to this phenomenon as uh, bike sharing. Yes, actually, I think that that is is a misnomer. Mm. Uh, it's not it's not really sharing. I mean, in the sense that it's 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 a it's a shared resource. Yes, that is that is sharing. Mm. But you have to think the sharing economy, you know, this this phrase came mm. about with, um, you know, fr- you know, companies like TaskRabbit, uh, companies like Lyft and and uh, mm. later versions of, of Uber, um, you know, with um, certain uh, features with with it inside the the DD application where you um, share someone else's car. So someone is is um, using their own car. To pick you up and and take and take you somewhere, um, so that's that's still kind of you know sharing in a, in a sense. Um, but if we're saying that you know bikes these these new companies are you know uh, part of the shared resource economy, well that's true of of so so much. I mean you know that's true of a table at a restaurant. That's true of a seat <laughs> on on a public bus. That's true of you know um, you know one uh, a parking space on the side of the road. Mm. Uh, and so and, and you can kind of see see where I'm going with this. It's not and so it's not really sharing because these are bikes that a company owns that they are then you know renting out to you uh, for a certain price for a certain time. Uh, and so for me, I like to call them uh, bike rentals. Uh, and actually, as editorial policy on uh, on Techno.com, we call them, we call it bike rental. We don't call it bike sharing uh, because mm. actually mm. bike rental is, okay. is a much more accurate way of describing what the relationship is between the bike, the bike and uh, the user. When you sit there and, 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 and describe it like that, the logic is undeniable. The problem is it's it's picked up this this phrase right so that is how the media that is how people are describing it under this phrase bike sharing that's you know that's how i often speak to people about it using using that phrase but um yeah when you do, dive down into it and you i think you're totally right it is is bike rental why are we talking about this uh, i think perhaps just to give a little bit of a backstory again if you're if you're in china yeah. you'll know straight away why we're talking about this um but if you're not in china you might be huh okay why are they talking about this um it's it's a trend here that is really uh, transforming uh, the streets of china uh, the streets of major cities in china it's uh, go and go on google if you if you haven't seen any pictures of this go on google and and type in mobike or ofo or china bike sharing and uh, you're going to see some crazy pictures there's 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 one that's been circulating. I think uh, I think you posted it as well of the um, all the mo bikes in in Guangzhou, like all stacked up yeah. underneath. It looked like a highway overpass or something. Yeah, yeah. That that was the craziest one I've seen so far. I saw a video uh, yesterday actually of someone inside a uh, an Ofo uh, warehouse where it's just you know like you know, a thousand square feet or two thousand square feet more than that. I'm I'm horrible with uh, with size, but just this huge space. I mean that's China. The scale of the market here is 
is almost unimaginable if you're coming from Europe or the States in ter- for, for, from internet stuff. It's multiple, multiple times. I mean, the, the, to anything else. And um, bike sharing. So it the, the addressable market is almost everyone in China. That's a mm-hmm. lot of people and that's a lot of bikes. And, exactly. Um, yeah, so these guys, when you, when you look at their factories or, or their storage facilities, you, you almost need aerial photography to get a sense of what's going on. And, and that's and that's that's the amazing thing I think about um, this trend is that um, you know we you and I have talked about this um, you know off air um, previously and I, I actually I wrote a a quick piece kind of kind of drawing similar conclusions as well but it's really interesting to see how you know I mean so number one the rate of adoption in China is is absolutely amazing to see how quickly people are picking up on new technologies mm-hmm. uh, new ways of um, of interacting with the world, interacting with each other, mm. uh, and new ways of of, of consuming and, and behaving mm. is is it's all being shaped by by technology, and so people are changing their habits very very quickly, and and bike sharing is one of those things where you see that the internet um, and you know uh, mobile data and smartphones and and mobile payments, it's it's almost bringing us back to. Uh, something that was already, you know, a powerful force in in China. In this case, bikes. Um, I think you know everyone knows that you know it, back in the the seventies and eighties, China was a country of bikes with mm. very very few yeah. cars. Uh, the roads were all built for bikes. Everyone had a, had a bike, um, and and so at that and at, and so at that time, I mean, like you know, to have a car was you know this huge status symbol. Um, you know, even the subway system in Beijing that wasn't even built until until the seventies, and it's uh, a lot less than it, uh, much much smaller than it is right now. Mm. And so what we're seeing is. Because of the internet, mobile data, uh, mobile payments, China is kind of going back in time in a sense, going back to a time where more people uh, actually rode bikes because now it's actually convenient. Now it actually kind of kind of makes sense because people aren't uh, riding bikes from point A to point B. What they're doing is they're taking a subway from point A to point B and then Point C is their final destination is still one or two kilometers away. So you know, scan a QR code, hop on a bike, get there in you know half the time that it would have taken you just just by walking. And uh, bike sharing is just at the epicenter of so many trends here. It's like a the eye of the storm almost. It's like it's, it's yeah. QR codes, it's sharing economy, it's mobile payments. Uh, like you say, it's got this sort of cultural reference from bikes, which China from from decades back has been associated with bikes. Uh, it links into pollution. It links into um, sharing economy. It links into uh, China's health problems. And you're right, it's all about the last mile. In fact, mm-hmm. I think that's MoBike's uh, catchphrase or the tagline. It's like solving the last mile problem, something like that, something along those lines. It's adding to the, um, the already existing transport transport infrastructure, and the addressable market really is everyone. It's not even if you have a car, you could still be using bike sharing on a daily basis. It would still exactly. make sense. Is these are about short distances, and it's a great example of how, as you just said, John, China's on fast forward. People change their habits so fast here. 
and we're seeing this transformation now take take place before our eyes and it's beautiful i think it's beautiful what's happening and it's a great trend it's solving a lot of problems and it's at its core improving the efficiency of the economy people are able to get from a to b faster because of this and yep. that is likely having when you think about it on a very high level economics uh you know broad scale here that is great for the economy and it's great for the efficiency of china uh, you're just able to get things done faster here right exactly exactly um, it's on fast forward a little bit more now exactly exactly um and there there are some there are some questions and some moral moral questions perhaps about uh the value or or the desirability of of living on on fast forward but we can we can probably um talk about that <laughs> later if at all because <laughs> right. that's again that's a whole episode in and of itself so far we we've we've mentioned quite a few names um yes uh and so looking at at the market right now uh the two big players are uh ofo and uh mobike so ofo got started in 2014 they were actually there uh on college campuses and so their main market their their business thesis was that they were going to um provide transportation solutions for college students mm. on campus mm. and it was and, and at, actually at the time it was actually bike sharing because they had this this program where you could donate your bike to ofo and and then you would have um you know a, a lifetime or or extended periods of time where you could use ofo for for free and so that started in 20, 2014 Mm. Uh, Mobike, um, which is uh, the the uh, the other big one, um, they actually started in in 2015. Um, mm. So a very different uh, background. Where uh, one of the co-founders is actually from um, X is actually from uh, Uber China, and so after mm. Uber and DD merged, um, they he went on to uh, to found Mobike with his co-founder, who is actually her her background is journalism, and so she was doing yeah. um, automotive journalism for for quite some time. And then, you know, along with uh, ride hailing and ride sharing, you know, they both saw this opportunity to create a shared transportation solution uh, in in bikes. Mm. Um, and so and, it, and, it's, and it's interesting because actually you can kind of see in some ways how their background is is also changing is also you know influencing their 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 market strategy as well whereas uh mobike they came in with technology on board um mm. the bikes were built mm. um to last they were very sturdy maybe a bit too heavy uh, but they were very sturdy almost almost impossible to break and they mm. came with uh gps and G gsm cards uh, on board whereas ofo and even to this day um they they ha they're all manual uh combinations manual locks so of so mobike you scan a qr code and it it will unlock itself uh ofo you have to scan the qr code and then it will tell you what the the combination is and this this mm. you know it, it it raises a few problems a few operational problems for for ofo um Yes. But that's 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 a bit of a little bit of background with with the big two. Um, of course, there's all there's also a blue go go, um, which actually has one of their one of their uh, one of their um, investors is, is the same uh, VC firm as uh, as OFO. Uh, that's uh, Gen Fund. Mm. Um, mm. And so OFO, uh, Yong An um, and a few other ones. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of small ones. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah, there's like a whole rainbow of of uh, small competitors out there in terms of the colors, because uh, you know the the color of these bike schemes is the thing that 
um, people notice first, I guess. Um, so they all have like their distinctive color. For Ofo, that's yellow. And for Mobite, that's orange. But you know, you have other guys in there, and you can tell them straight away on the streets because they're, they're different colors. Um, and yeah, this market's getting flooded uh, with um, competitors. It has been for some time now. Uh, in fact, you know, I wrote a report about it in uh, November last year, and at that time, um, I remember very distinctly the reason I I wanted to write that report is because I discovered that there were all these small competitors popping up, and I didn't know that at the time. And I, I really, I thought, oh my wow, this is really really cool. And I did all this bunch of research about them, and 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 find out all their WeChat official accounts, and uh, put that in the report. And um, when we put that out, you know. That was that was the main thing that made people, uh, I think, uh, share that report was, oh, wow, look, there's, there's other ones. I've never seen these. And at the time, that was so fresh and new. And this is November, so we're, we're in, um, you know, half a year away, I guess, from that now. And uh, almost every number and everything I put in that report is irrelevant now. It's <laughs> in half a year. The whole thing is, <laughs> has just uh, moved on so fast and changed so much that... I think the only things that would uh, be useful from that report would be the official accounts <laughs> um, for the for the um, for the different competitors in there. Every every number in there is is completely wrong now. Um, and um, but yeah, that was the first time that I saw that, and now uh, everybody everybody in China knows that, and there's just competitors everywhere. And uh, most cities have their sort of local upstart um, in this area that's also trying to take some market share. So this is pretty common, um, actually, in China. Um, when something gets hot, a lot of people will flood into the market. So nothing new there. Uh, but what is new is just how visible it is uh, in your face when you walk, when you get out your apartment here, and you get onto the street. These bikes are literally everywhere. You can't ignore it. Got echoes of the uh, Didi and Uber ride-sharing um, war that happened uh, a couple of years back in China. Um, that war's over. Um, you know, now uh, we basically have a monopoly in place where Didi Didi Dachur, um is is the is the has a monopoly in this market almost. I mean, there are other competitors, but there was a there was a um, that, that's a bit of a exaggeration. But the, you know, they they have they're, they're definitely um, you know having a very very strong position in that market now, and. Um, there was a, a period where they were fighting with Uber here in China, and there was mm -hmm. a crazy period where they were subsidizing these rides um, like crazy and throwing money at this, and people were getting free taxi rides everywhere, and the drivers were getting subsidized, and it was it was mental what was happening. Uh, but it wasn't so visible. It wasn't so in your face. Um, if you weren't using those apps, you 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 know, there's nothing visibly changing on the streets for you to see that this was happening. Whereas for here, um, the streets, the the, the um, you know, China, your your daily life. Even if you're not a techie person, if you even if you're not um, into, you're never going to use these bike sharing programs. They are affecting your life. They're affecting everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so you know, I mean. A personal story real quick, you know, I ride a uh, an electric bike. I, I've been riding an electric bike for 
for years now. And um, one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, in China, the most dangerous person um, isn't necessarily the crazy driver. Um, there aren't too many crazy drivers here. Uh, mostly because the, the traffic is just too bad. It's just a bit too difficult to be crazy. Um, but the most dangerous driver is going to be the, the one that uh, has uh, less experience and, and has less confidence as well. And so this is actually becoming a bit of a, a, a problem for, for me and other, other drivers, um, people who are a bit more experienced on the road, is that you're getting more and more uh, inexperienced bike riders on, on onto the roads. Um, and so that's the thing. I mean, you know, bikes are a large part of Chinese history, but over the decades, especially in Beijing, because Beijing is not really built for uh, either, either you have a car or you have an electric bike. I mean, there are people that have bikes, but they're, they're uh, not, 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 not that many for various reasons. And so we're getting a lot more people who maybe they haven't, you know, ridden a bike very often. Uh, maybe they're, they're not used to being on the road. Maybe it's, it's been, been a while since they've, since they've ridden a bike on, on the streets. Uh, and so it actually does, does get to be um, a bit dangerous at times. And so there's, there's a bit of a readjustment, I think, kind of going on um, across the board, but in particular, when it comes to, to driving um, and to um, just the number of actual bikes on the road has increased. Uh, by by yes. so much, uh, in part because I mean we're seeing a lot more electric bikes. Uh, in part because of uh, delivery, uh, delivery is um, becoming more and more a part of of the Chinese economy, and so you have uh, more and more uh, delivery drivers. Mm. And then of course with 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 these bikes, uh, more and more people are riding bikes now because they are freely available. And the great thing is you don't have to worry about that, about, uh, you know, it, if it breaks, how do you, how do you fix it? Uh, you don't have to worry about it getting stolen because ultimately it's, it's not yours. Um, and so just in general, you know, it's, it's, um, it's seeing, seeing, um, a lot, a lot of use. Yeah. It's not perfect um, by any means. There's a lot of issues that need to be ironed out and I think they are being ironed out. And uh, what you just described is one of them. People parking their bikes in random places is another. Uh, vandalism of the bikes is a, is a very visible um, problem. Uh, I don't think it's a, as big a problem as people make it out to be, but it is a problem. And that needs to, that needs to be sorted out somehow. Uh, you know, you have for the OFO system, because it fits security loopholes in there, the way they're doing it is not, it's actually a very low-tech solution that they're using. Um, it seems like, oh, they're using an app, and uh, so it's like very high-tech. It's not. OFO's system is very low-tech. Um, as as you described earlier, John, you just, you make the payment on your mobile phone, but all they really give you is a code to open a manual lock um, on the bike. And so there are a large proportion of bikes. Uh, I read a survey about a week ago where they, uh, they, they went on the streets and, and checked like about a thousand bikes. And they worked out that 15% of um, OFO bikes were basically unlocked. Yeah, people hadn't, hadn't bothered to, um, <laughs> you know, once they'd finished, relock the bike. And, exactly. and so that leads to issues where you have children uh, using these bikes. Uh, I've seen a lot of that. I think that's that's yeah. quite unsafe, actually. Um, and so, yeah, there are all these uh, issues coming up uh, that do need to be addressed. Uh, broadly speaking, I do think that the uh, the government is really behind this. Uh, if they weren't, then we would have seen uh, much stronger actions taking place than what we've seen right now. 
uh, and they're behind this because the of many of the reasons that we talked about before you know it adds efficiency to the economy it's tech innovation um, it's uh, addresses to some degree the health issue um, that will you know this looming time bomb of um, that that China has in terms of healthcare, um, and so all these all these factors combined, uh, you know, traffic situation, congestion, pollution, um, these are the issues that the government worries about, and they're really struggling with right now. Pollution, especially, I think, is something that um, gets a lot of press in China and outside China, and is up their priority list. And anything that can help alleviate that kind of um, issue is something they're definitely going to support a hundred percent, and so bike sharing does that for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, it, and it's interesting in terms of policy. Um, again, you know, drawing parallels between you know DD, Quaidi, Uber, um, in terms of policy, just just how um, I think I think the government is going going to be a little bit more open. Um, about uh, these these bike rental companies, um, as you mentioned, I mean, like DD has a virtual monopoly on the the ride hailing market. There are some smaller companies, um, you know, companies that have a smaller smaller uh, market share, mm. uh, but they're they're a bit more niche, and so they mm. they focus on you know um, higher higher value services um, such as renting a car um, or you know renting a driver plus a car for an entire day mm. uh, and things like that. Yeah. Whereas DD, I mean, a lot of DD is um, is is uh, cab hailing, um, but then also uh, you know private private car hailing. So they have a, they have, they have a few different um, tiers for that. But at the end of the day, I mean you know if you look at DD's market share, you know ninety four point six ninety four point six percent of the market by by the latest estimates. Um, so again, it's it's it is right. it is a virtual monopoly yes. in part because the government. That's kind of how the government wants it um perhaps as a utility um but i I, th- I think more because you know it's easier to regulate and it's easier to um to actually control and so if 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 the market starts to go a little bit crazy well then you know who to point to you know who to talk to yes. um to kind of get 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 things um back out of, un, under control and also if there is if there is a monopoly it's it's much less likely that there will be uh, problems within this this specific market whereas with um with bike rental, it's 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 much more open. Um, it is, I think, um, strategic in a sense where it solves problems for people that the government cannot, which is why which is why I think they one of the reasons that they do um, support it. Uh, but it, but also in terms just in terms of regulation, I mean, it's not as um, it's not as key. I think that we will see the government. I mean, and we already are seeing local governments get more serious about it. Um, designated parking areas, um, you know, enforcing rules about behavior, um, even you know, at, in so, at some points, um, uh, arresting people or or fining people for for uh, misusing or abusing bikes. Uh, trying to steal them, trying to you know commandeer them for their own for their own private use. Mm. Um, so in mm. that sense, the government is is serious. But at the end of the day, you know, um, the bikes themselves and and bike rental, it's not it's not as it's not a strategic transportation uh, infrastructure. And so I think they are going to be a, a much more open about um, how they let this develop. And and at, at the end of the day, who they kind of uh, quote unquote let win uh, because the government is definitely. Uh, yeah. They're very interested in in, who, in who's going to win in certain markets and um, and what their relationship is going to be with the government. Hmm, yeah, for sure. Uh, my understanding is that a duopoly is is quite a good result. 
uh, Chinese government likes that kind of market. And uh, if you look at state-owned enterprises um, in, in telecom area, for example, that's what they set up, right? They have China Mobile, they have China Unicom. Those guys hate each other and they both are the guys <laughs> who have the big market shares. There's, there's right. some other small players in there, but it's basically those two guys fighting it out. And um, yeah, that's, that's very nice because you have some competition in there between those guys um but it's you know it's there's not it, it's not too many uh people to uh to contact if you need to uh control the industry somehow you've got a, you've got two guys that you need to call up if you need to uh suddenly do something exactly exactly and and and, and also at the same time you know you, the, these these companies they know wh which side of the bread is buttered um and so they're 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 going to cultivate and and manage the relationship with the regulators and with the government mm. um, much much better perhaps because they are actually you know interested in in doing so. Let's leave it to part two. Uh, we've covered a lot. Uh, I think we've got a lot of the basics. And uh, in part two, we'll go over. We've left. We deliberately left talking about the business model to part two because I think that's really yes. the juicy part. I know that's the part that everybody has questions about and everyone is um suspicious about they all have everyone has their own theory actually <laughs> is what i've worked out everyone thinks that they've worked it out they know how they ah this is what they're doing there's there's many ways that they could be monetizing on this or or, or they are and there's uh, there's a couple of uh, things going on that are very interesting we're going to wrap it up right about there. Of course, we will be talking a little bit more about uh, bike rental and bike sharing later on down the road. So China Tech Talk is a Technode China Channel co-production. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support us, we would really appreciate a share on social media or uh, a review on iTunes or wherever it is that you uh, listen to podcasts. Welcome to China Welcome to China Tech Talk, a weekly podcast about what's happening on the ground in China's tech and startup ecosystem. I'm John Artman, editor in chief of Technode. That's your cue. And I'm Matthew Brennan and my, my, the, <laughs> the sound cut out. Just, what, what just happened. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, missed my cue let's just, there. Let's just maybe Okay, let's just, let's just do it again. How about that? Sure. Okay.